your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to what day is today, guys? Wednesday? It's only Wednesday. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Sola. I'm in here today with me. I got we got a three-headed monster today, if you count me. Tom Schlesinger, Dr. Tom Schlesinger, and Nick Nichols. Are you Dr. Nick Nichols? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking, just checking. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. Uh, how do you want to? How do you want to define this without like getting uh, triggering anyone, Tom? Yeah, I, I would say preserving the things that we value in life. Okay, yeah, we'll just say it like that. <laughs> Nobody has any idea what we're talking about. Uh, preserving the things that we have value. So, top of that would be food. Yeah. H- housing. Yeah. <laughs> Fam- been- I would say family. Family. Um, Shelter. Shelter, yeah, housing, shelter, I mean, jobs, however you, you want to put it, jobs, business, uh, yeah, you bet. Uh, our wonderful environment here that we have in the Cooley region. Can I just, without like, without revealing what exactly yeah. we we're going to talk about, can I just, t- can I throw this out there and yeah. let you guys yeah. answer? It snowed like a foot, what, a couple of days ago, right? Yep. And it's going to be gone now. Is is what happened a couple of days ago? Just weird weather, or is it climate change? Uh, what they found is um, that extreme weather events happen more frequently and of greater severity with climate change. We might have had a storm anyway. It probably wouldn't have dumped a foot, and we wouldn't have had 90-degree weather three days before. <laughs> days prior. We literally set the record for that day of, I think, April 12th, I think it was. Yeah. If I remember, I just remember typing it. We hit 90 degrees. That was the first time. That was the highest ever temperature that day. The second highest was 81 degrees in 1931. Right. So we murdered the record on that day. And, and, and that was a record snowfall. Yeah, and then we hit a record three snowfall. Days later. Three days later. Crazy. Uh, just, so, and, and on top of that, then the and and then the the kind of aftermath of that is what we're seeing at Riverside Park. We've closed Riverside Park because yeah. of flooding potential, right? right? Like we right. might, and and there was potential to get over like the sixteen ish foot stage yeah. where where Riverside Park would be flooded. And um, I think Brad wrote Rose and another street, so some of the streets would be flooded, yeah. which is a thing that we've normalized i think and yeah. this is the weird like yeah. we've gradually just kind of because that's how climate change works we, yeah. it gradually it's just like and oh riverside park's gonna flood eh, yeah it happens yeah. it happens all the time right but that's that's not normal right or not is it? to these levels i mean we've had spring flooding yeah things right but we typically don't get this much flooding we don't get as many events of, that cost that much money we've the number of I think it is $1 billion extreme weather events has like tripled over the past 30 years. 30 years. Okay. So, um, so that's Dr. Tom Schlesinger. He's a political, well, I'll just, I grabbed your bio off the website. Oh, so, yeah. you know, yeah. tell me if I need to add, or you, yeah. you add to this if you want. Uh, he's got a PhD in political science, specializing in healthcare policy and a master's in international environmental policy, focusing on climate change. We let the cat out of the bag when I said I, I the think word so. climate change. I, think right? so. I said the phrase, and you're, you guys are, are you both the co-founders? Or are you both uh, participants anyway? Nick was there before me. Mm-hmm. And the Climate Alliance for the Common Good? Yeah, that's our organization. That's your organization. And Nick Nichols, he's retired. He's retired. He's made, made sure he's, he's happy about that, too. <laughs> a Lacrosse County Sustainability Coordinator. 
and uh, he's involved in climate protection work across the region like he's doing today. So I appreciate you guys uh, stopping in and hanging out for this hour. Um, yeah, and obviously we're going to talk about ki- climate change. You you have you you have like a what do you want to call it in the in the paper? Oh, I had a uh, like an opinion piece. Opinion piece, yeah. Which is funny because is it an opinion piece or is it a fact piece? <laughs> there know? were there were facts in there. My opinion was what do we need to be doing about it now? Sure, and it, and and I want to throw this out there when we talk about climate change because recently another climate report comes out yes. from the UN, right? Yes. The UN kind of does this, yep. but other groups do this too. Right. But it's always the same message. So and and the big report comes from an international group of scientists. Um, out of the UN, so they're the definitive body on the subject of climate change. And the world is doomed. Ah, uh, you know there <laughs> is that no, way? no. I do not ever use the word doomed. Okay. <laughs> All right. It works for some media. We're doomed. Con- no, we're doomed. The world will be fine. I yeah. think uh, Spencer Wilkin, yeah. who comes the in planet, from Utah, the planet. she's like the planet will be fine, but we're doomed. As humans, right. maybe life on the planet is yeah. a little bit doomed. We're still not. We're still not doomed. Not there yet. Huh? Not yet. Uh, not yet. Things are things are accelerating. Uh, we have a narrowing window of opportunity. Okay, so the the there's always a temperature that gets thrown up. Yeah, is that still does that temperature move? Because I would imagine we it's, we're creeping up to that. Well, now that temperature's got to get lower or higher depending uh, on how you think about it. It's it's usually set in centigrade and mm-hmm. and. Uh, well, that's what I wanted to get at. It, you you put in your your opinion piece, fact piece. Two point seven degrees. And that's that's. Can you explain that? That's Fahrenheit. Oh, that is Fahrenheit. They changed. They they Tribune changed it. Oh, (laughs) I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be Celsius. No, that one point five has been there since the Paris Climate Accord, which was back in the nineties. And the one point five is Celsius. So when we talk about when we talk about this over here, that's good that the Tribune changes that. But one one point five degrees Celsius is what Fahrenheit? Is it two point seven? It is two point seven. Okay. So that target has not changed. Okay. Uh, we are now at about 1.1 degrees Celsius increase, so we're 0.4 below the target. We're not slowing this thing at this no. point. No, the U.S. But, has made some progress. The world is not. Okay, so why is that? Why is that? And and it's always like a dozen years out. It always seems like it's a dozen years out, even if it's, even if we talk about this a dozen years. It sounds like you're talking about. Uh, fusion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, nuclear fusion. Uh, we try to talk about that as well. Um, but but can you explain what the temperature, what happens when that temperature hits that e- echelon? I'll do that one. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Um, so um, we can do a lot to slow climate change until we get to that number of 1.5 degrees. Then the planet begins warming on its own regardless of what we do. That's why they're fixed on that number. Because, is there a good analogy there? Like yeah, if, uh, so I, I can tell. Like, I, can, I, tell I you, can just do. I felt I'm falling off a cliff. Right, so and then I, I, can't. I can. I can tell you what will happen. For instance, the polar ice caps are all white, or have been traditionally all white. Mm-hmm. That reflects the sun's heat back into the atmosphere. As the snow melts, the ground under it is dark and absorbs heat, uh, and so the planet begins to get hotter as the ice disappears. Yeah, the oceans currently absorb carbon dioxide and help us tremendously. Once the oceans reach a certain temperature, they will begin to release. They can't absorb it anymore. They can't so absorb it and actually release it. Is all this stuff happening in the ocean mostly? Like no, it's everywhere. Well, I mean, yeah. where, where you, you can't see it because most of it's hap- because the ocean's so vast and it's absorbing. It's most all of so gradual. Yeah. You know, you just... It, 
It's like you have to. Well, you go back to Riverside Park. Ah, Riverside Park floods all the time. Yeah. No, right. it doesn't. Uh, it's so going to flood. Just because we can't see a threat doesn't mean it's there. Yeah. It, well, but what we can see is uh, the Gulf of Mexico, we know, is warming. And because of the, the hurricanes that we get in the southern part of the United States come across the Gulf of Mexico, what we've seen is more and more of these hurricanes getting uh, rougher and rougher, badder and badder. A, a, there's more of them. B, there's they're bigger, badder. And because they're coming across the Gulf of Mexico in that warmer water, that's adding to that ferocity that we're seeing within these hurricanes. And, and then the hurricanes make it to Wisconsin. So, uh, <laughs> right? yeah. but then they, they don't end up being hurricanes, but like no, the weather effects no, but actually we, creep we up. Get, we get some of those effects. Yeah. But, but that's where Tom was saying these billion-dollar events, we're getting so many more of them because the hurricanes are getting worse and they're causing more damage along uh, our coast. Right. And don't forget about all the Wisconsinites that go down to Florida and get hit by the hurricanes. So just to make this local. Yeah, don't go to Florida right now. I think I think they're underwater. Like yeah. and then like don't buy any land. Don't buy any ocean. I, I tell property everyone I tell I talk to, I say do not buy property in Miami. Yeah. I um, figure I'm gonna get some beachfront just property in Georgia. Bit, right? Yeah, Inland right. Georgia. Six oh eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line. Uh, uh, I was going to say Corey Schlesinger, Tom Schlesinger, Dr. Tom Schlesinger, Nick Nichols going to hang out this hour. So if you have questions on, on climate, on the environment, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the text line. If you have questions, we're talking climate, environment, uh, we're talking ribeye steaks a little bit. <laughs> you were. I was talking prime rib. Prime rib. My bad. My bad. I just honestly, I just, I'll just have a hamburger. To be honest. And uh, we didn't bring any beer for the guests. I'm sorry about that, guys. That's a failing, but the, that can be fixed. <laughs> Next that time, can be I got, fixed. I got basic water. It's all you guys got. Dr. Tom Schlesinger and Nick Nichols are in here. Nick is a retired Lacrosse County Sustainability Coordinator, and and Tom is a. His PhD in political science, specializing in healthcare policy, and a master's in international environmental policy, focusing on climate change. Like, where do you you're like, you know what I want? I want a master's in that that word salad. Like, well, how does that happen? Um, I got I was working on a master's in political science. I chose to specialize in what was happening among nations and uh, talking about the early days of global warming yeah. and the Par- Paris Accord. Uh, Has this conversation changed a whole lot in? Uh, what, 30 years It has evolved a little bit. Uh, It's become more intense because the deadlines are creeping closer and closer and closer. And so there's a note of urgency now that before it was like, hey, it was 30 years of worrying. Al Gore could talk about it. And you didn't really have to worry, you know. Uh, Now the deadline hasn't shifted a lot, the target uh, that we need to hit. if we want to avoid the worst effects of climate change. I mean, if we would have took action 30 years ago, we could have done the way climate change is creeping up on us gradually. If we would have took the same action to creep up on it gradually 30, 40 years ago, we wouldn't be having a whole different, we would, a society might be changed a little bit and and we would, and there wouldn't be all this huge rush about, we need to convert to electric vehicles and you have to generate, um, solar, you know, solar-powered electricity and all that so rapidly. Now it feels like a big rush because we chose to wait. We chose to talk about it for 30 years. And the scientific community has now said we are beyond talk. 
99.9% of the world's climate scientists agree climate change is real, it's human caused, and by greenhouse gases generated. Is there an easy way to define, you're kind of doing it right now, but is climate change global warming? Is climate change uh, extreme weather? Is climate change... Climate uh, change is a little bit bit broader term than global global warming, just means the temperature is going up. Because that used to be the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then people would say, but it's not warming because there was a year here where it cooled. Right. You know, so they said, okay, that's that's weather. That that's individual uh, fluctuations that just tend to happen. Weather is the daily events that happen, and the, it's local, obviously. Which, which is what I why I brought up Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday where it snows a foot in the middle of April. Is that weather or is yeah. that climate change? It's a little, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, but weather is that thing that changes day to day, or in Wisconsin, hour to hour. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Ninety. Well, yeah, literally ninety degrees to. To, you know, snowing out. Climate so. is what kinds of temperatures do we tend to have in the winter? How much is annual rainfall? And it doesn't typically does not change a lot historically. It's changing rapidly now. And that's the whole dilemma here is the 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 climate is changing rapidly, and there's an easy thing to point to when when we when we look at that, right? Yeah. Like we I just point to you and me, and right. Yeah. That's the whole point. Right. right. Literally and figuratively, right? Like how. How how have has hu- the human aspect of this really affected the thing? So what's really interesting, if you we want to step back a little bit in the picture here and you think about it, before the days of the Industrial Revolution, you know, people worked in their homes and there were no factories and things like that. Then they discovered fossil fuels and they could have motors and they could become much more productive. We made tremendous economic gains. We enjoy the style of living we do today because of cheap fossil fuels Mm -hmm. that got us here. What we didn't realize is that growing use of fossil fuels, especially since the 1950s, put more and more carbon dioxide in greenhouse gases. Well, you say what we didn't realize, and maybe you, me, and Nick didn't realize, but the fossil fuel industry has come out lately. They they knew this the whole time, isn't that? Like, when you read stuff like that, like, well, how do you take that? It's kind of like the cigarette industry. Um, right. right, when they denied and denied and has no link to cancer, it has no proven link to cancer, and they knew it the whole time. Yeah, and then society accepts, well, some people accept that and just deal with it, but like we accept that the cigarettes aren't great for us and cause cancer. Yeah. How can we do that with climate change? Because clearly... <laughs> Clearly, we, we, we are. Is it like, how, I don't know, is there a way to, to, to have that conversation anymore? Because there's people that just don't believe it. Yeah. There's people that I think I think the better conversation would be, can we understand it? And how, and then how do we, you know, affect it, change it, bring it back down? Well, I, th- I think the, what's really lost in, in the discussion when we get into this debate of is it real? Is it not real? Is a person called, caused? Is it, you know, caused by volcanoes and sunspots and all these other things? We lose in that conversation the opportunity to talk about the solutions. And the solutions are what we really need to concentrate on. Uh, And just to give you an example, uh, we talked a little bit off air about uh, how the political conversation is controlled and how we are divided. What we need to do is unite around those things that benefit ourselves, our communities, our state, and our nation. And to give you an example of this, when I was still working as the sustainability coordinator for lacrosse, 
uh, we had a report done by the Center on Wisconsin Strategy. Now their acronym is COWS, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Yeah, when for did Wisconsin. they start that? Because <laughs> because a that's a yeah that's good. It's Wisconsin, but b like the cow fart thing has taken over. Like anyone that wants to say, oh, it's the cow. Like that's the like one of the, the just taglines of like poo pooing, so to speak. By by the way, the uh, the methane coming out of the cows that's dangerous does not come from the back end. It's them belching. Okay, so Pepto, we just need yeah, to get yeah, them some Pepto? Yeah, that's the whole thing, yeah. All right. Anyway, and, go ahead. And, and getting back to the cow's report. The cow's report, <laughs> which has nothing to do with cows, yeah. Basically, what the report said uh, is that if we converted our energy system within the state of Wisconsin to all electricity, now this includes transportation, it includes uh, uh, production of heat, production of cooling, all of our energy sources to electricity. And, tr- and created that electricity within our state. Because right now, we don't have most of the energy, de- energy generation capacity. What I mean is we don't have coal. We don't have oil. We don't have natural gas. We have to import these things. Yeah, we're outsourcing the, yeah. the energy. Or so what we're doing is we're sending $14 billion of our money in the state of Wisconsin, we're sending it to Wyoming and Illinois and Indiana and, and Saudi North Arabia. Dakota and Saudi Arabia every and year, Canada. Every year. Every year. If we did this with our economy and transformed all of our industry to electricity uh, and created it here, we would eliminate that $14 billion deficit that we spend every year, add $13 billion to our state's GDP, and create 162,000 jobs. So we'd add... We we essentially save fourteen billion dollars, and then we just add it to the budget surplus, and then we'd sit on it for a year, right? That's what we would. <laughs> well, and, and 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 that's the beauty of this is that all the technology exists. We can do this yeah. today, and we can have those benefits in our state instead of Wyoming and North Dakota and Canada and everybody else. All right, so I'm, I got a question for you, but we got to take a break. Uh, <clears throat> I just want to ask how we're going to do that when we come back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM, 608-785-7914 is the text line. Dr. Tom Schlesinger, political scientist, specializing in healthcare policy. And he has, uh, and he's kind of a, what would you say, you're a master in international environmental policy? I, I have a master's in it. But you could say you're a master, it's cooler. If you say yeah, that's true. I could have like a black belt in yeah, it or right. something, right? Would it be black? I don't know. Uh, and Nick Nichols, he's the retired lacrosse, sustain- lacrosse County Sustainability Coordinator. And these guys are, I think, I don't know if you're both co-founders, but of the Climate Alliance for the Common Good yep. uh, group. Uh, there's a website, and uh, can you can you just kind of break down what that is and what you guys do? I mean, besides come on the radio, the organization. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. We're primarily about raising public awareness about climate change, uh, letting people know because it's a really low visibility topic, uh, and it's not on anybody's priority list. Basically, if you ask people what's important to them, it ranks about number six on the on the list of priorities. Uh, What's so, number one on that list? Uh, jobs, economy, sure. uh, education, the typical. Which is funny because all of those would be yeah. wrapped around yeah. <laughs> changing right. away. Right? And so the, what we're trying to do is let people help people realize that. So we just want to help people make informed decisions, bring the facts to people so they can make an informed decision about what their stance should be on climate change. 
All right, and before before we uh, well, did it did I let you tell you uh, the, the group that was that was the first half. Yeah, the second half is offering concrete solutions to people. So we have a brand hey, new website the uh, with the with the web address being uh, Climate Alliance CG as in Common Good dot mm-hmm. org, and you'll find a top ten list for individuals of things they uh, can and should be doing to fight climate change and a similar list for organizations. Um, and for people that really want to start doing something, pe- a lot of people, they're worried about climate change. They have no clue what they should be doing, and so they feel powerless. I Googled geothermal once because my furnace is like 25 years old, and yeah. I went, uh, I don't think I could do this. Uh, <laughs> so like putting a geothermal system into my house. No, but you can do um, uh, heat pumps nowadays and with the incentives uh that are out there now it's about the same cost as a gas furnace Mm -hmm. um okay so before we went to break nick was talking about uh just if we if we uh america first wisconsin first our energy if we took control of all our energy production and then um so i i guess instead of outsourcing gas uh, electric, all that stuff. We we produced it here. How do we produce it here in Wisconsin? Well, we'd be producing electricity, and and that's the whole key here is that we would be producing an energy source in our state that we can produce here. And okay, we and we can do that. We can do that. Okay, you know, there, we've got plenty of locations for solar, for wind, for geothermal, for hydro. Uh, you know, and and of course, before we do that, we do the efficiency thing. We get rid of all the yeah. in, incandescent light bulbs and all the the fluorescent light bulbs then we go to leds you know Mm -hmm. leds have become so freaking cheap now it's crazy not to switch everything out and you save a huge amount of money yeah yeah it's all fluorescent (laughs) but and and the thing is they last so much longer too Mm -hmm. a typical uh incandescent bulb will last you about a thousand hours a typical uh uh not incandescent led will last you about fifty thousand hours I mean, it's crazy the amount of efficiency that this creates. And so why wouldn't you go in that direction? Because mm-hmm. it saves you a huge amount of money. You invest a little bit more money in the bulb ahead of time, but over the course of time, you save the cost of that bulb and then so much more. You know, And that's what most of these solutions are. Okay, They're economic-based. Do we have to throw away our four-wheelers, too? We have to throw those out. Uh, we'll no, turn those, we can turn those into electric too. Right, because yeah. what we can't, because the state assembly is passing a bill that says we can't do that. We can't ban them anyway. We can't ban them. But yeah. but here's where the state assembly should be taking a look at the economics of this. And the whole idea behind this is to save people money. Yeah. You know, when I had a, I had a small hobby farm out in the town of Madari, uh, and I have a plug-in electric hybrid car, so I had a solar panels on my roof, and so when it was sunny out. I'd plug in my plug-in electric hybrid car. I was making fuel. And so I'm not giving my money to Quick Trip. Love you, Quick Trip. But, you know, I'm not giving my money to Quick Trip. I'm not giving my money to XL. I'm actually making my own power to use to do what I want to do. So, so my problem with this is, like, these companies, if they did that, they went to total solar, wind, and it was it, – because we see this – I'll see a story every once in a while where a country has produced more energy than it's actually – putting out like using yeah. Yeah. and so they're what i don't remember the term for it like energy def, def, the opposite of the efficient but 
Uh, well, if these companies went to that, then they wouldn't make any money. But they still are selling electricity. Okay. It's just coming from renewable sources. So one thing a lot of people don't realize is the cheap uh, – I think I asked you before. Pretend I didn't ask you before. What okay. do you think is the cheapest form of energy available today? The cheapest form? Well, I'm just going to say solar off the top of my head. But, but you shouldn't say solar because no, okay. you so, wouldn't know that. It is solar. Yeah. Uh, but the cost of solar has dropped by 90% in the past 10 years, so it is now the cheapest – form of power you can buy well that's funny because solar's free yeah but the cost of getting a solar panel and uh, the solar is, panel yeah, and i got you right but that's what i'm saying is yeah. that once we once if we had the utopia of solar would run everything then how mm. are we how are we quote unquote well, making not, money? Not, not everything would would run on a, on a rooftop solar there, there's still going to be these massive farms from the electricity. Oh, you st- and you still have industry that needs to run. We're not talking about eliminating utilities. What we're talking about is creating that partnership with the utilities. Well, I'm saying the utilities don't want to do this because they're not making money on solar. If they, if they, if we got to the to the point where all the it, the renewable energies were running all the things, but then if the it's money it, if it's their solar farm, they have to invest in the solar farm yeah. and its update and maintenance. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and we, yeah, and I, so I understand. There, there's, there's a real cost to that, so they they'll sell that and make a profit on it. Are we to the point now where solar panels of that are, are sustainable? Because there's always like we the, these things like deteriorate too fast to. Be. I think it's a 20 year life on average. Well, it, it's 25 year guarantee is what they have, so their lifespan is actually a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. You know, after 25 years, I think they lose like less than five percent of their production capacity. So, okay. yeah, there's no moving parts in solar; it's all electrons. And yeah. The, the maintenance is mostly in the inverters, you know, that actually convert the DC energy that a solar panel makes into AC electricity that you use in your home. Right. So. And then that's part, just say right, part no of the idea. cost. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the other part of the cost is the grid. So the, the electrical companies are like Excel and such. They not only generate the electricity, they pay to maintain the grid, which is quite, quite costly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just had power line go out in the storm the other night, and they were out there two in the morning trying to trying to fix the thing. Right. But maintaining that grid has a real cost. Well, and, and getting the grid, you were saying over the break, getting the grid to up to speed. If we were going to convert yeah. to this thing, yeah, that's the it's biggest ma- cost. That's the biggest cost. Yeah. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. I just, I'm, you know, when when somebody sends me nine texts in a row, I'm just going to read the bottom one. Electric vehicles are the biggest environmental scam of the century. I mean, you've, you've, I, I have the EV debate all the time. Uh, there's so many different ways. It, first of all, just the getting the lithium. We're gonna, yeah, so if I, we all went to EV cars, like so there wouldn't what, be enough lithium in the world to do it. Uh, well, one thing I'll tell you is there's two ways to obtain lithium, and the traditional way and the way that it's mostly done currently. So one, one get it out of the ground. B, yeah. send people to space, to some asteroid somewhere. No, no you oh. extract it from brine, which is very salty water. And that's done by a number of South American countries. That's how they get their lithium. Where's where, do we have salt water anywhere? Uh, <laughs> not in not in the Great Lakes. Is, is, is that is that efficient? Is that uh, uh, yeah? Is yeah. There a, it's, it's much I, lower I understand cost. that we have there's a lot of oceans. Is there a lot of lithium in the in the in the briny areas, particularly briny areas? Okay. There is, yeah. Never so that. so um, that's being developed because they realize that you know mining lithium. Is not good necessarily for the. Well, it's not good in any like the way we do it too, like with yeah. slave labor and all yeah. that, or, but, or just the the, the environmental well, impacts of but it. But one difference, of course, is you you mine for the battery once for the car's battery mm-hmm. once, as opposed to mining for 
uh, fuel for your car, yeah, ongoing. which is permanent weekly. I well, mean, they have to keep on drilling all the time. And this brine in the ocean, it's probably above a bunch of coral reefs and crap. Right? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, probably so, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and you also have to remember, once you mine that lithium and you create a battery, once that battery re- uh, reaches at the end of its useful life, you recycle that lithium and you make a new battery. Whereas if you burn fossil fuels, oil, whatever, you burn it once, it's gone, creates CO2, whatever. And you also have to remember that a standard internal combustion engine car has somewhere in the neighborhood of, what, 2,000 moving parts. Mm-hmm. Electric motors have a lot less, and so there's a lot less maintenance. There's no oil in them that you have to worry about. There's no fuel that you have to worry about other than the electricity that you put into it. So. I, I loved having my solar panels because when the price of gas was hitting five bucks a gallon, didn't bother me at all. Yeah, we we have been brainwashed to think that like, I, I get it. Like the range of a EV isn't the same, as, and the convenience when you have to go three hundred miles yeah. or more isn't there. But how many times do you do that? And, 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 and that that's here. Like California has a lot lot more charging stations. Yeah, right. and and DC chargers, the big heavy duty chargers that can charge your car in like fifteen minutes. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we just have to build out on our infrastructure of and, the charging yeah. grid. And I don't want to have an EV. Like I have EV shows all the time, and we can talk about. Okay, so you you gave me a top ten list, and it's like it was like yeah. a top ten list of like what entities can do and what people can yeah. do. In my head, a lot of times I think. Okay, the entities need to do the top ten things to help the environment to yeah. to, to tamp down climate change versus the individual. Because me recycling my my aluminum can over here, you know, even if I do that every that's time, that's a pretty big can, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? But sometimes it doesn't even go to recycling. Not the can, but a lot of yes. a lot of times the plastic bottles. Yeah. In my head, I'm like the industries need to do so, this. So so we us. we talk about a three legged stool. Uh, so the first leg is a sustainable lifestyle, which is the stuff you're talking about, individual composting and reuse and reduction. And what me and Nick were talking about, burn barrels, where I just yeah. burn all my plastic. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, do I did that. not say do that. <laughs> you said the opposite of that. Anyway. But you know, electrifying things in your home. But that's the first leg. Second thing is to share those practices with friends and neighbors and family because we need to change the norm. Right now, the norm is throw everything away, you know. So we have to kind of change the, the culture. Uh, once you put a solar on one person's roof in a neighborhood, what you find is a few months later, there's another solar panel. Is there a better way to do that though? Instead of having on everybody's roof, is it just? Would it be better just to have somewhere there's a quote, it, quote, solar it's, farm? It's more efficient, effective to have right. the big solar farms. But then, you know, who makes the money? <laughs> right. Well, well, and and the closer you have the energy production to the use. Uh, the less you're going to lose in inefficiencies. So by having those solar panels on your home, you're using it in your home, and that electricity is not going around on the grid. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge uh, piece of efficiency when you're talking about reducing the amount of electricity that we have to make. Yeah. And we just convert all golf courses to solar farms. That would be my... That would probably be Because they're already all flat, right? There's a lot of stuff. So let me say that. So the second leg is sharing it with friends and family. So they start adopting these kind of practices. And so you start to change the culture uh, of everyone around you. And the third thing is to speak up to elected officials and leaders and let them know what your priorities are. Because that's what will change those big levers that you have in your head. You know, mm-hmm. uh, And, of course... Market economics, mm-hmm. when it's cheaper, basically, when it's cheaper to do something um, sustainably, 
that's when the market will change. It's, it's all kind of comical, right? Because everything that we want to, as you're talking about, convert to is going to save us so much money. Yeah. It's going to the impact. It's like reverse. of Like you think, well, it's going to save us money. It's probably going to be detrimental to the environment. Yeah. But like there's no like downfall to any of this com- com- conversion, is there? Um, there, there are some costs besides besides the fact that we have to do it. Yeah, uh, but what what's really true is the, the, the cost of making that shift pale in comparison to the cost of what will happen to the economy uh, and lives if we don't. Well, you said fourteen billion dollars a year if Wisconsin just went to like an all green energy grid grid, right? Yep. Like, yeah. And we could, but we would take it would take about fourteen billion dollars a year after year after year to, to convert that too as well, right? Like, well, it'd take a while to convert it, but you got to remember that it, as you're converting that, uh, more and more of that money uh, goes through our economy in the state. You know, so dollars spent within our state isn't just one dollar. It's actually two, three, and four dollars that impact our, our econo- economic vitality, creates more jobs, creates more opportunity for Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, and so let's stop funding so everybody when we, else. When we talk about building a pipeline or, a, or or rerouting a pipeline and the amount of jobs it will bring to yeah. reroute this pipeline, okay, well, instead of it being a pipeline, it could be a solar yeah. farm or something, yeah, right? right? Or, yeah, or right. a transmission line that's better. Right. We're efficient. not getting a huge amount of money out of that pipeline. Yeah, that pipeline that is... isn't from Wisconsin or the U.S. for that uh-huh. matter. It's a Canadian pipeline. What, right? yeah. what it is is it's, a, it's picture it as the money flowing out of Wisconsin to right. Canada. Right. Yeah. Um, I won't even get into building a pipeline out of the Mississippi River to send west, but maybe another day. All right, we got to wrap up when we come back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just going to wrap up here with Dr. Tom Schlesinger and Nick Nichols talking about the climate and the environment and, and trying to localize this a little bit. How How is uh, just, you know, the area, I could say La Crosse County, but like the Cooley region, I mean, is, is flooding the, the, the number one thing that we could see as this it is, is impacted? It is. is there anything this, else this that we area. could point to? That, well, like... we, we had drought in two-thirds of the state last year, right? Okay. Um, I had a story from 2021. Do you remember the really big storm in August 2021? Uh, the deluge. Um, it was the it was so long flood. ago, two years. Uh, <laughs> but I live in a coulee, and so all the water came down the hillsides of the coulee and formed a r- rushing river rapids. Yeah. Say that three times rapidly. No, I can't even say your name. So. Uh, <laughs> and it became these rapids where the street used to be and tore the heck out of the street. And, I mean, one flood, we found carp. <laughs> really? You don't want to eat carp either, right? No, Carps, no. Or is it sheephead? Neither? You don't like Probably, I don't no, think I, 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 no, I you got a fishing up, shirt on. I grew so. up on smoked carps. So, oh, okay. Yeah, really? That's good stuff, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you gave me a, like, a, a list of things that we could talk about, and I don't know. Did I hit on any of these? Do we need to, like, can we wrap up? Is there any, like, general uh, Oh, yeah, here? there's one. I think there's one final point. Um, we have the technology we need to pull us back from the brink. It exists today. And in 10 years, we'll probably have the technology we need to go net zero to, to stop all this. And this is not gloom and doom. Yeah, yeah. That's not what we're getting at. We've got the technology. We've is got it the gloom know-how. and doom, maybe? It could Just be. Just a little bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it's a matter of having the political and social will to act and make the changes, to stand up and say, oil companies, with all your money, 
you are not going to give us a future of climate change because it makes your profits bigger. Uh, and as long as we don't do that, we're going to be in for a world of hurt. But it does, it's within our control. Yep. Well, and you, you know, you have a political science degree and you, you talked about talk to your legislators. And I, I feel like the legislators here, I just, and you, we were talking about the break yeah. uh, during the break, how it's not a right or a left thing. I think everyone it knows shouldn't that. Be. It shouldn't be. And the illusion here is I think one side is a little bit more pro transition than yeah. the other side. But right. how do you talk to, I don't know. I mean, how do you talk to your legislators? It seems like this just so, so heads, you know? But legislators react to pressure from the voters. If they don't think it's an issue, they will express their own preferences. Okay, right? but what, what do you bring up? Like, how do you, how do you approach so, your legislators? So it's, it's, it's not a question or it's not up for discussion whether climate change is happening or whether it's yeah, a real danger, yep. okay? Definitely. The question is how we deal with it. And more discussion and more studies is going to be bad well but a, a big part of this is talking economics so too yeah. so you can it, all politicians react to money right so when we're talking about the money that we can create and and make change in this state with and to benefit our communities and our state and our people this is the message that they need to be listening to and not about whether it, it's human caused or not we don't care because if you can do these things that we know make economic sense we can really transform this state, and it doesn't matter what you believe. It does, yeah, well, climate change doesn't matter at all. Whether or not the the, the Earth is warming yeah. or whatever, it, like take that out of it. If we just converted to some of this stuff, it would just be beneficial, the, cheaper. The, the yeah. only thing that the discussion of climate change adds is a sense of urgency. Otherwise, you could say, right. yeah, let's do that conversion, but let's do it over 20 years. Yeah, we needed to do that 20 years ago. We need to do that 20 years ago. We the don't. other problem is when, when candidates are running for the office and I send out a questionnaire and say, hey, what do you see as the biggest impacts of climate change in the area? And what would you do to kind of, you know, change, change that or help, you know, stop that? Then they just don't answer the question. Yeah. So, and it's like, well, then what do you do? Because they, yeah. they're not held accountable because... You know, some of these districts yeah. are, are where they're they're pretty safe. Anyway, right. that's Dr. Tom Schlesinger is uh, uh, with the Climate Alliance for the Common Good and Nick Nichols as well, former La Crosse County Sustainability Court Coordinator here. Um, I appreciate you guys coming in. Um, what, what should we do this again in a month and just yeah, get on, that'd be great. What was the other thing we were going to talk about? The, we could do healthcare policy because oh, I have healthcare. the PhD in healthcare policy. We could talk about the political divide in the country. Now that would be a fun one. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Talk about they, solid waste and recycling. Oh, that's right the the the, the burn thing on the on that <laughs> one, whatever that thing is. Um, yeah, just the, the, and then um, I have Carol in here tomorrow. Carol oh, yeah. Abramson, yeah. and we're going to talk about some of uh, some of this stuff as well, just uh, right. in a, in a different light. But anyway, thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Rick.